Hello and welcome. This is uh, another edition of Argus Media Driving Discussion Series, when we're discussing road transport fuels in various regions around the globe. Uh, my name is William Harwood. I'm uh, in business development for Argus Media. And I'm joined today by John Demopoulos, who is North, Medic, North American Oil Products VP from our New York office. Yep, that's right. Good morning, Will. Hi, John. Hello there. And um, today we're going to be having a quick chat about um, about the Russian diesel market and uh, the diesel production affecting uh, export markets, uh, as it is a pretty global global market for for everybody. Um, we see that uh, Russia is a market with plenty of surplus diesel. It's one of the, the suppliers to, to Europe and um, has always traditionally been a, a big supplier of both diesel and gasoline. And obviously with um, upgrading, increasing over the recent past, diesel production has, uh, has really increased and hydrocrackers have been added to some of Russia's biggest refineries. So it's uh, a big debt long, producing probably two and a half times more middle distillates than um, than it needs internally. So a net exporter, uh, probably in the region of 45 billion tons a year of gas oil and uh, and diesel. So big numbers each month are coming out, um, competing really in the in the European market, which is uh, clearly a, a net short. And so competing with uh, Indian barrels now coming in uh, on and off from um, on, on big big vessels, Suez Max size, 140,000 tons, and uh, Middle East Saudi barrels coming in on similar similar sizes, and um, very regular shipments from uh, US. So yeah, so US is competing in that market as well, as I'm sure you see, John. Yep, that's right. Europe's always been, um, you know, a significant outlet for for diesel manufacturers um, here in the United States, and it I, I guess it's sort of dwindled to some extent um, in in sort of market share terms, just because a lot of the um, U.S. exports are, are being drawn elsewhere now, being drawn um, down to Mexico or other parts of um, Latin America, um, but certainly there's there's still a very significant flow of diesel running from the Gulf Coast up to Europe, and it's a really important outlet for for U.S. refiners. So um, when they see more coming out of Russia and and more of this upgrade kit that you mentioned um, coming online in in the FSU and bringing more cheap distillate into the market, then that certainly um, I would say probably begins to alarm them um, as they see greater competition in that um, marketplace. Yeah, I mean, the, it should be the intention to uh, to be increasing as the refinery upgrades uh, get 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 uh, get more extensive. I think there's probably a hiatus in that now with um, capex being trimmed in pretty much all around the globe, but certainly certainly Russia's refinery projects are rather on on hold now um but uh i mean also just to in putting in context sort of the size of these export these imports into europe um 
sort of what we saw in April was probably about nearly a million tonnes of, of diesel arriving from Saudi Arabia in April. Uh, so that's in comp- competition to the US and the the Russian barrels. So production probably fell in April and May. The flat price drops made exports go go into the negative territories um, and sort of margins certainly at the same time uh, were negative for Russian refiners, um, particularly when their export tax was being calculated in the region of $40, $50 a, a tonne um, because the tax is calculated uh, with a lag effect. So higher Brent prices in previous months were being, effect, were being applied to um, tax on a already low outright price. And then the, the real turnaround in the last couple of uh, couple of months, obviously, has been um, cut back on the Russian crude production uh, and also at the same time um, cut back on the refinery runs as well. Russian crude production obviously came down probably about 20% uh, after the OPEC plus uh, agreement. Uh, and what we saw in terms of the refinery runs, it got trimmed quite substantially already in April for usual turnaround uh, reasons. So maintenance was taking about 600,000 barrels a day off, uh, off refineries. Um, and then as the low prices kicked in even further, then some more unplanned maintenances, which basically was refinery stoppages, uh, came in on top of that. And I think that's probably what we've seen, isn't it? For most of the most of the refinery systems in, in, in other countries, Europe and, and the US have done that as well as well yeah we we have exactly the same um going on here in the united states um a lot of run cuts especially i would say inland in the country where margins have deteriorated probably um more rapidly than than at coastal um refineries so yeah we certainly had some struggles margins are pretty bad at the at the moment still um you know, obviously the you know gasoline demands picked up a little bit from where it was, um, but Jess is still nowhere, um, and diesel as well is down below where it was in terms of actual volume demand. Um, so we're in we're in the same position, and you set that against the backdrop of you know in the U.S. refining industry, we've spent the last. Um, 10 years more than 10 years now i guess in expansion mode um of taking advantage of the very cheap crude that's been available from inland in the united states the shale crude um so we are in a real position of um over capacity right now and how quickly that that gets remedied well you know it's it's a a very um pressing concern for all the refiners over here um, yeah, demand demand over in Russia created obviously during the uh, the lockdown. Um, so probably of an average of thirty percent on the gasoline. Uh, in in places forty to fifty percent. Um, diesel didn't get fe- affected as much and has probably been more robust and and, and is already 
according to to some people, already pretty much back to normal um, in in some areas. Uh, so the the middle distillates demand, I think, um, all all round has been has been better, um, but it did squeeze some things in different directions. The the the, the drop in demand in the med uh, for the diesel and the gas oil suddenly meant that the limited storages filled up pretty quickly uh, in March, April, and um, because that there was the differentials were were dropping uh, on on spot prices, it it pushed uh, a lot of barrels up to the north uh, to export through the Baltics uh, rather than export through the Black Sea. And um, the, the flow down to uh, Norosisk almost uh, almost dried up in um, uh, in April. Um, so, from that point of view, Northwest Europe had more flow coming out, um, but is now on the on the situation where we're sort of seeing the uh, the refinery run cuts really kicking in, and um, so we're seeing a sort of a twenty percent drop on um, month on month uh, from uh, the likes of uh, Primorsk and um, Tropsay. So here we see much more connection to the global situation where the diesel is has been pretty robust. As we know, the diesel cracks uh, were the thing keeping the whole of the, the complex going and now have, uh, have really cratered. And the, the, the new element we see for the June trade is the much higher demand from uh, European refiners for the high sulfur barrels. So the high sulfur barrels they can put through their uh, hydro treaters. Uh, they don't need to uh, put so much crude through the uh, CDUs and um, they're trying to preserve some of their margin for themselves. The other outlet for the high sulfur barrels is to provide transport fuels and uh, and burning into um, the West African countries, where uh, sulfur restrictions are still higher than than Europe and the US, although they are gradually uh, coming down little by little as well. So West Africa has been very uh, important for uh, diesel and gas oil suppliers. Uh, because it is this uh, this um, region with uh, higher sulfur sulfur restrictions, and is effectively like a sulfur sulfur sink um, for high sulfur barrels. And um, so there's been regular trade, active trade, Russian barrels going into West Africa. And the other place that uh, has regular trade is um, is into Latin America, which is is a, a quite important safety valve for um, for Russian on and off. Yeah, and, and don't don't think for a minute that the U.S. refiners don't see that because they um, they are absolutely watching um, European moves in that market. Um, I think what what we see in Latin America at the moment, you know, along with a lot of the world, but I think it's worsening in Latin America is a, a fairly rapid um, drop in demand as um, the, the COVID crisis um, worsens, particularly in Brazil. 
Um, and so, again, as as we've talked about, you see volumes being backed out of Latin America. I think we saw, um, you know, Mexican spec diesel cargoes being sold off the water um, a few weeks ago. Um, and those have got to find a home as well. So there's going to be a lot of distressed diesel barrels that would normally be going to South America, just getting back, back, back up to the Gulf Coast or back, was, back to Europe. That was getting backed up from the last home. <laughs> right. Yes. Exactly. Which yeah. is staggering, really. People said they hadn't really seen that at all in the past, and never really barrels came sold out of here, out of uh, Latin America. Back up to uh, back up to US Gulf Coast. So, so that's yeah. And and if we think that uh, Latin America may be uh, less available, um, uh, there's plenty of barrels coming into uh, into Europe. Um, but certainly seems if it's uh, quite well supplied uh, um, into the European region. Though it does, it is it is the short, I guess. Uh, so it is is mopping it up, um, and for the moment, at least um, in May June, we're looking at uh, at lower Russian barrels. It is it is simply a function of um, of the refinery uh, the refinery runs being being cut for the moment. Uh, for what we can see, June still looks like uh, a lower lower refinery, um, though. There does appear to be some reasonable demand inside Russia, some prices going up even inside inside the country. Um, so maybe the margins will be, in fact, uh, enough to people to, to open up a bit more of their refining capacity there. And with restrictions on after lockdowns in, in various parts of the country certainly are, are reducing inside Russia. So um, maybe there will still be some sort of uh, upsurge in demand from the uh, from the driving season over there. So, yeah, so the the Russian side of the, the diesel market, I say, I would say is at the moment still in the tail end of the, uh, the COVID crisis. Uh, the economics will certainly determine whether we get um, get an uptick in refinery uh, refinery production uh, and therefore maybe the restoration of the, the big flows of Russian diesel out of uh, Primorsk and, uh, and Novorossiysk. Um, and then it will be a question of, uh, of waiting to see what the, the balance of, of those uh, restarted refineries are coming out of Russia. Uh, US um, and whether, for example, European demand uh, keeps on keeps on kicking up. And that, that, that's it from from us really. And the last uh, few seconds remaining, I'd uh, just be happy to invite you to um, Argus's second online conference, which is called Argus Oil Products Market 2020: Global Challenges, and it's going to take place on the 30th of June at 2 p.m. Moscow time. Uh, there will be a range of speakers covering major topics of time of, of the time, and uh, they might even change between now and then, of course. So uh, if you're interested, please uh, go to argusmedia.com and uh, you'll find the information to register on the conferences 
and events page. So just left for me to say thank you for listening. Thank you very much, John, for participating. Thanks, Will. And uh, keep safe. Goodbye.